Hey, thanks for being here tonight. We're going to dive in, and uh, we're going to talk about disappointment. Has anyone experienced any disappointment in the last 12 months? If you have, raise your hand. Okay, and just so you know this about me, preaching is a participation sport to me, okay? So if you, even if you don't think something's funny, laugh, all right? It'll help everybody feel better, uh, and uh, you, know, you won't hurt my feelings. And uh, clap if you need to clap. Talk back if you need to talk back. I'm cool with it all, okay? So, uh, so anyway, if I ask for participation, just join in. So anybody, disappointment in the last 12 months? Okay. How many would you say, if you're brave enough to raise your hand, you don't have to, that you've had a pretty, like, some major disappointments over the last 12 months? I have several of them, okay? Seems like every day something else is going on. Um, I'm going to tell you, uh, when I think about 2020, I think of my most vivid Christmas memory comes to mind. How many of y'all love Christmas? We got Christmas people in the house. All right. Well, this Christmas was awesome. I'm going to tell you why it was so awesome. Uh, I remember, I, I, we were probably six, my, I was probably six, you were probably nine, my brother's here, uh, he was probably around nine, ten years old, and it was about the time where people started to get computers in their homes, all right, so before that, we didn't know many, they're already laughing, they know what's about to, what's about to happen, uh, not many people had computers in their house, now, you have everything you could ever want to know on a watch, you know, and, uh, and so, back then, which I'm not even that old, but back then, like, I remember one Christmas, we're like, hey, maybe this is going to be the year that we get a computer. We're going to have AOL. We're going to have Minesweeper. We're going to have Solitaire, right? Like, we're going to get on chat rooms. Can you believe this? And we can do, st- I don't even know, stuff on the, I have no idea what to do on the internet. I'm six, but it was awesome. And all my friends had it. And I remember my mom, she gets Christmas shopping done at like 4th of July, okay? So Christmas shopping's done. We get the tree put up, and all of a sudden, a, a box like the size of that box that's standing up with a computer on over there is laying under the tree for a month and a half. My brother, Alex, and I, we're like, that's it. That is, that is the computer. We're going to play Minesweeper on this computer right here. It's going to be amazing, and it's going to have one of those big TV screen things, right? It's going to be, and we're talking about it every day. I'm pumped about it. And we agreed before Christmas morning, we're saving this present to last. Like we're going to open up all of our other presents and then we're going to like open this present last because it's the grand finale, right? So Christmas morning comes, we get in the living room, the big box is back there and we're like, oh, we ain't getting that one yet. We're opening up all the other presents first. And so we open up all the presents. We finally get to the grand finale, And let me tell you, we start tearing into the wrapping paper and we see a computer box and we lost our mind. I mean, it was like the Titans won the Super Bowl in our house. We're running, hugging each other. Can you believe it? Oh my God, we got a computer. Yeah, baby. We're like going crazy. I I can't believe it. And all of a sudden, I look at my mom and dad. My mom and dad, they're mortified. I'm like, guys, cheer up. We have a computer in the house now, baby. This is awesome. We'll get on eBay and buy something. Like, how cool is that? And they keep looking like, like ah, this is not good. And, um, and so my brother and I, we settle down. And we open up the box. We're like, we're plugging this in now. Well, I'm gonna figure out how this works right now. And we open the box, and the box looks pretty empty. There's not a lot in the box. We open the box, and inside the box was not a computer. In a computer box, not a computer in the computer box, There is an electric typewriter in the computer box. Electric typewriter. Never used it, but it comes out, and we, me and my brother look at each other like, I I think we're going to kill him. I think we might kill my parents. 
I mean, we talk, that was the most disappointing Christmas I've ever had. And apparently, the story was, we got it squared away earlier. The story was, my mom worked at a place, and that was the only box big enough they could find. They didn't even think about what kind of box they were putting it in. But it was the only box big enough to fit the electric typewriter in. Needless to say, electric typewriter never got used. And eventually, we got a computer in the house. So that was pretty cool. But I remember that was the most disappointing gift I've ever gotten, uh, or ever didn't get, I guess. I don't know how to say that. But uh, if we're not careful, our lives can feel like that a lot of times, right? Because disappointment is a hard thing to deal with. Disappointment is something that all of us, all of you raised your hand a second ago. How many of y'all were disappointed last year? Everyone raised their hand. We deal with disappointment every day. Last year, we dealt with disappointment in such a big way. And even so far this year, like, we're like three weeks in on our trial of 2021, and I'm about to cancel the subscription. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not looking good so far in 2021. And if we're not careful, disappointment can ruin our lives. We, we can really have a negative outlook on life because of disappointment. And before we get any further, I want to define disappointment for you. Disappointment is this. Disappointment is the distance between expectations and reality. So sometimes, man, you set your expectations so high. I remember, you guys remember, 12 months ago, Kobe Bryant was still alive. Think about this. We were planning vacations. We had cruises booked. We had awesome, we had a wedding plan, right? Like not us, we've been married for 10 years, but you may have had a wedding plan. You had this awesome, you, you, you maybe were your senior in high school and you were gonna have an amazing senior year of high school. You had big plans for Christmas. You had big plans and all of a sudden, your expectations are up here and reality is way down here. And this whole gap is just filled with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And let's just be honest for a second. Last year was hard to get through because of that. Man, and I'm just gonna be really transparent. I'm an open book. You're gonna learn that about me real quick. When people, when we were in the midst of planning this church, it was so stinking hard. Because, man, we had a place to meet. That shut down. Oh, we, well, then we'll do this. Well, we can't do that. Oh, oh, man, someone on the team gets COVID, and we have to, you know, like, oh, man, we feel so bad, and, and that's disappointing because we want our team to be healthy. I mean, like, disappointment after disappointment, people be like, how's it going? How's it going to play the church? You're doing awesome. I didn't feel awesome because I had real high expectations. And reality wasn't quite there. And I would tell people that church planning is just managing disappointment over and over again. That's what the church planning is like. And maybe you can say that about what you did last year. You felt like last year you were just one disappointment at the other. Today we're gonna to talk about a family in the Bible that dealt with a pretty big disappointment. Some of you have probably dealt with this statistically in this room. Most of us probably know somebody that has passed away from COVID this year. And maybe you've dealt with disappointment. And you ask God, like, God, Please heal this person. God, please come through. I need you to come through. And it seems like God isn't listening. He's not there. And that's left you disappointed. We're gonna talk about a story in the Bible. It's in John chapter 11. You can turn there, turn your phones on if you want. Uh, you can use your phone in church here. I'm totally cool with that, all right? Um, if you have a phone call, just take it outside. That's all I ask, all right? But uh, we're gonna start in uh, verse one. It says this. In the village of Bethany, there was a man named Lazarus. Y'all say Lazarus. Come on, participation. Y'all say Lazarus. Lazarus. See, there we go. And his sisters, Mary and Martha. 
Mary was the one who would anoint Jesus' feet with costly perfume and dry his feet with her long hair. One day, Lazarus became very sick to the point of death. So his sisters sent a message to Jesus. He said, Lord, our brother Lazarus, the one you love, he's like really sick, so please, please come. And when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. Y'all say, will not end. In death. There we go. Y'all are doing great. It will not end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to God. And this will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what takes place. So here we are. Jesus was actually really good friends with this family. So it was Lazarus, and he had two sisters, Mary and Martha. Okay? And uh, they were really good friends. When Jesus would go through their town, he would stay at their house, he would eat at their house, and all these, all these kind of things. They were really good buddies. And all of a sudden, Jesus is two miles away, not far. Most of us could walk two miles, right? And it wouldn't take us that long. He's two miles away, and all of a sudden, he gets a messenger come up to him. Imagine a text message, all right? And this is back in the day text message. It was by person on foot, okay? So they send Jesus a text message. It says, hey, your boy Lazarus, he's your friend. You know who I'm talking about. He's like real sick, Jesus. Like he's not looking so good. The doctors are saying he might not make it through the night, like, he's going to die, like, any minute. Would you mind, like, coming over here? Like, we've seen you touch people, and they can walk. They, you've made blind people see. This is your friend. All right, just come over here and make sure that he's good, right? And Jesus was like, cool, I hear you, but hey, I need you to just send this back to them. This is not going to end in death, okay? Don't worry. I got it. This won't end in death, right? This sickness will not end in death. And so... Mary and Martha, they had to have been relieved, right? Like, oh, our friend, not only our friend, but Jesus, like the Lord, the God of the universe is gonna come. And of course, Jesus is gonna step into the situation. He's gonna heal Lazarus because that's what Jesus does, right? Well, let's keep reading and see what happens. It says this. Now, even though Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, remember, Lazarus is gonna die. He, he's not supposed to make it through the night. He remained where he was for two more Days, two more days, he stayed where he was. Finally, on the third day, it's like John, the guy writing this is like, finally, like, okay, they told you he wasn't gonna last very long. Finally, on the third day, he said to his disciples, all right, now, come on, it's time to go to Bethany. Then Jesus added, Lazarus, our friend, he's just fallen asleep. It's time that I go and awaken him. And when the disciples heard this, they replied, they said, Lord, if he's just asleep, like, then he'll get better. They were thinking, if he's sick and he's falling asleep, of course he needs to sleep, right? Like, we don't want to go wake him up. That's kind of weird, right? And Jesus was really speaking about Lazarus' death, but the disciples resumed he was talking about him being naturally asleep. Then Jesus made it real plain to them. Jesus uh, had to do this to the disciples a lot. The disciples were kind of dumb. They, they didn't know everything we know about the Bible, uh, and they were a lot like me, okay? I, you, you can ask my wife. She will say, hey, the dishes need to be done, okay? And I hear that and go, great. I'll do that in a few days, okay? I'll be sure to unload the dishwasher in a few days. But in reality, she needs to dumb it down, which she has done now. We have a working magnet system. We'll get into it later, okay? Uh, but she now goes, will you do the dishes now, like right now, and not on Tuesday. I want you to do it right now. And so Jesus has to do this with the disciples, like make things real simple. And then Jesus made it plain to them. He said, Lazarus is dead. He ain't asleep. 
I was trying to be a little bit nice, but he's dead. Now, if you remember a few minutes ago, Jesus said the words to the messenger to send back to Mary and Martha, hey, don't worry, this sickness will not end in death. He said this sickness will not end in death. It almost seems like Jesus is lying in this moment. Now we know Jesus was perfect. He never lied. He never sinned. He never even wanted to sin, the Bible says. But you can imagine being Mary and Martha and going, Jesus, like you told me not to worry. You're our friend. You're the Lord. We believe you're the Messiah. And you said he wasn't gonna die and he died. Can you imagine what that would be? I mean, they were probably mad at Jesus. They were probably confused. They didn't, they were sad. They were mourning the loss of their brother. Let's keep reading. Chapter 11, verse 14. Then Jesus made it plain to him. He said, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, listen to this, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. This is Jesus talking. He said, hey, Lazarus is dead, but listen to me. I'm glad I wasn't there. Because now you're gonna have another opportunity to see who I am so that you will learn to trust me. So that you'll learn to trust me. Now, I know there are people in this room that have been dealing with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And for many of you in this room, this last year, you've been focused on the problem. You've been focused on the thing that you just can't see past. You're like, God, what in the world are you doing right here? Like, don't you care? I'm sad. This happened. I cannot believe you let this happen. And it seems like Jesus is just taking his sweet time. Like he doesn't really care. I want to remind you tonight. I want to remind you that God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. You might feel like that God's late. You might feel like that God doesn't care. You might feel like that God, he's somewhere up there, but he's not close to me, and it seems like he doesn't really care what's going into my life right now, but God's delays are not God's denial. What Jesus is saying is, listen, I'm glad I wasn't there because guess what? You thought that I was gonna heal this sickness. You thought that I was gonna take care of this problem, but there's something bigger going on. There's something bigger happening. There's something bigger that I want to do. There's something bigger that I want you to know. We can't take God's delays as God's denials because there's something bigger he wants to do in your life. There's something bigger he wants to do in your life right now, in tonight, in this moment. God wants to do bigger things. We're going to keep going. It says this. So Jesus, he comes to the town. Lazarus is dead. In fact, Lazarus is already buried. I mean, he's wrapped up like a mummy. They put him in a tomb. Like he is like not just dead by a couple minutes, like he's been dead for days. He ain't coming back. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and finally he's there, and Martha runs to the edge of the city to meet Jesus. She's desperate. She's probably a little mad. She's desperate. Here's what she says. She said, my Lord, if you had only come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that if I were to ask God for anything, he would do it. Jesus told her, your brother will rise and he'll live. 
And then she replied, yes, I, I get it. I know that when you come back and whatever, like he's gonna rise on resurrection day, I get it. Martha, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection. I am eternal life. And anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. And then he ends by asking her this question. He says, do you believe this? Crucial question. Pivotal question. Do you, listen, I am the resurrection. I am life. Anything that I say happens. I, can, I spoke the universe into existence. And when I speak, things happen. But I'm asking you, Martha, do you believe that? Because it's by faith. He says it right here. It is by faith that I do these things. You have to believe. And he's telling Martha, just like he told the disciples, there's something bigger happening here. I know that you're sad. I know that you think that if I were to come sooner that I would have fixed this whole thing. But I'm doing something more. God is doing something more in your life. You're focused on what happened last year. You may have lost your job. You may have struggled financially. You may have gone through a bout of, of COVID that almost took you out, or maybe you know someone that got taken out by it. You've gone through disappointment after disappointment, and you're focusing on the problem, and you're like, God, if you would have done this, I wouldn't be dealing with this right now. If you would have shown up sooner... I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be dealing with this. I would have a little bit more money in my pocket right now. I wouldn't be struggling. I wouldn't have my car repoed. I wouldn't have lost my job. I wouldn't be struggling in my relationships because I've been isolated. I wouldn't be struggling with anxiety and stress and depression and suicidal thoughts. If you would have just done something about the coronavirus sooner, I wouldn't be dealing with all this. But let me ask you, what if God is doing something bigger? What if he's doing something more? Because I believe that God is doing something bigger. I believe God's getting this community ready for Jesus to do something big. I believe God's wanting to do something in this community that we couldn't explain. I believe he wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. But to do that, it's gonna take people that have been through something. Man, what he's doing right now, man, 2020, it was this. He's refining you. It wasn't pleasant, it wasn't easy, but you're focused on the problem and you gotta realize that God's doing something bigger. The Bible tells us that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. That is what God is doing. And I know it's hard that you've struggled. I know that it's hard if you've lost your job, if you've dealt with disappointment this year. I know it's hard. I wanna challenge you tonight. Stop focusing on that. God is the provider. He's the restorer. But he's up to something bigger. If Mary and Martha would have known that, I bet she wouldn't even have met him out of the, at the city gates. She would have said, God, I trust you. I love what it says at the end of that passage. He says, anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, he will live forever clings to me in faith. This has been hard on everybody. All of us, we've dealt with some dis really disappointing stuff. And I'm not trying to brush over that lightly. I feel I, I've dealt with my share, I promise you. But God needs people, or he needs you to cling to him in faith.
Answer the question. You don't have to answer it out loud in your mind right now. Do you believe? He asked, Jesus asked Martha the same thing. Do you believe? I am the resurrection. Do you believe? And I want you to really think about that honestly. And here's the deal. If you're not in a place right now and you don't believe, that is okay. Jesus can handle it. You're in the right place. Because I want to tell you some truth tonight. Is that there's nothing that God can't put back together. There's nothing that God can't restore. Maybe you are disappointed. I've talked about a lot tonight that you've maybe lost your job because of COVID this year. Well, guess what? God, he's our provider. He's our provider. He made everything in the universe. The Bible talks about it like this. He says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And that sounds really weird, but that means God is rolling, all right? He ain't hurting for money. He's got deep pockets. He made everything in the universe. He's a provider. There have been times on this journey that Stephanie and I have needed God to provide. And every time, it's, he's done it. Now, he felt late a lot of times, I'm gonna be honest. He didn't feel like he, he's never early. All right, I just wanna tell you, God is never early. He's always on time, right on time. It feels late to you, but it is on time. If you've lost your job, God's your provider. Maybe this year, your marriage has struggled big time. Maybe this year, you've walked through a divorce. Maybe you, you have a really struggling marriage right now. Nobody could guess that you would spend this much time with your spouse this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, whoo. For some people I know, that's hard. It's been a dream at our house, babe. It's been awesome. We've had our share of, of challenges. But maybe for real, this year, your marriage has taken a toll. And maybe you're headed in the direction of, of going through a divorce, and that I am so sorry if that's you. I want to tell you that God can restore any relationship. And I know you're focused on this. You're focused, and that's an important thing to be focused on, your marriage. But what if God's doing something bigger? What if he's trying to change you? Not change your spouse, he's trying to change you. What if you would just humble yourself and say, I was wrong, I'm sorry. God would do something much bigger than just restore your marriage. He would restore you, and your marriage, I'm telling you, could be a million times better than you ever thought it could. Maybe that's you. But do you believe that God can? That's the question. Do you believe? Do you believe what God says? Do you believe what God says? Here's what he says. He says, I will never leave you. That's what he says. He says, I am your provider. He says that you are my child. He says that I am your comforter. He says that I am the finisher. The Bible tells us that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. He's the finisher. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the restorer. He's the healer. He's the king. He's over any government or any political person. He's over everything. He knows everything. He works all things for good. He's the great I am and he is the resurrection. He is life. But do you believe that? I believe it. That's who God is. That's what he wants to do. He wants to restore your life. He wants to provide for your life. That's who he is. But you have to answer the question, do you believe? I'm gonna invite the band to come back up. Joey, if you could play under me. I want you to think about that. Do you believe? 
And I can't answer that question. All I can tell you is that I, I believe because I've seen God work some miracles in my life. I've seen him change my life. I've seen him change other people's lives. I've seen him put marriages back together. I've seen him miraculously heal people. I have seen it with my own, I believe. I'm telling you I believe. It's hard to believe sometimes. I'm telling you I believe, but do you believe? And if you're in this room, I wanna invite you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. We're coming to an end here. We'll be done real shortly. I know that there are people in this room that if you were honest, you would say, Clint, I have a real hard time believing. I've gone through a lot. And I feel like God may be not answering me. He might be a little late. And I'm having trouble believing. I wanna tell you that Jesus wants to enter into your life tonight. He can change everything. Now, I'm not gonna promise you that as soon as you believe, your circumstances are gonna change overnight, but I promise you that in an instant, your hope can change right now. The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not die, but they'll have eternal life. Now, if you look to the end of this story, Jesus walks up to that tomb and he says, Lazarus, come out. And a man that had been dead for days comes out of that tomb alive again. And I believe that is gonna be the story for some people in this room tonight. You walked into this place and spiritually, you felt empty. Spiritually, you felt dead. And you've tried to fill this hole in your heart with so many things and nothing works. And you keep trying thing after thing. You keep going to to relationship after relationship. You keep uh, turning to things that you think are gonna work and they're not working. But I wanna tell you that Jesus works. If you believe, he can change everything in your life. And so if you're here tonight and you would say, Clint, I, I know I need to believe. I wanna believe tonight. And, and you wanna invite Jesus into your life. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. And no one's looking around. I promise I'm the only one looking around. Everyone else's eyes are closed. And if tonight you would want to take that step and say, Jesus, I believe, and make him the Lord of your life, invite him into your life, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. And so on the count of three, if that's you, and you wanna do that tonight, I'm gonna invite you just quietly, so you can do it slowly, no one's got to know this, I promise. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and say, Clint, I want to do that tonight. I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to believe. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer that I believe. The prayer won't change your life, but your heart and your attitude in this moment, it can. So if that's you, on the count of three, you want to invite Jesus in your life, I want you to just quickly raise your hand. You can put it right back down. One, two, three. Awesome. If you raise your hand, Now listen, these words, they're not magical. This prayer is not a magical formula, but man, God knows your heart. And if you mean this, he can step into your life today. He can change your life today. And if that's you, I want you to repeat these words after me in your heart, you can do it quietly. Say, dear God, I need you. I believe in who you are, that you died on the cross, that you rose from the dead. 
and I invite you into my life. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, come on, give it up for the people that made that decision tonight. But we're not done, all right? Hey, that's the most important decision you ever made. If you have that card uh, that Stephanie held up earlier, here, hand it to me, babe. Thank you. Um, if you have this card, I want you down at the bottom to say, I'd like to know more about, and just say, I gave my life to Jesus. On the way out, there's some pretty brown bowls out there made of wood. You can drop that in there. And here's the deal. We're not going to come show up at your house. We're not weird. I promise. I'm not going to do anything weird. I am a little weird, okay? But I'm not going to do anything weird. But we want to help you. You're in the right place. And the first thing I tell you is come back next week. I, it's, not, it's not so that we can say, oh, look how many people we had. It was awesome. No, being in this place will change you. When you're around other people that believe, it'll help you believe a little bit more. So get back if you don't do anything else. You can cuss as much as you cuss this week. You can drink as much as you did this week. But all I ask is just come back, all right? God will start to change your life, I promise you. Come back. Now, for everyone else in this room, you might have a relationship with Jesus, but man, this has been hard. And man, you might need God for real to come through. And if he ain't gonna come through, you don't know how you're gonna make it. Man, I'm telling you, I feel like that like every other day. Um, God, I, if, I, if you don't come through, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I, I'm telling you, I, we're gonna sing another, we're gonna sing one of the songs we sang earlier. We're gonna sing part of it again. And here's the deal. Here's what I know. God's word tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. What that means is when his people praise, his presence is there. He shows up. And so here's the deal. If that's you, if you've been, man, if you need God to come through in your life, the best thing you can do is to stop and worship, is to stop and praise. Because when you do that, man, God shows up. And when God shows up, stuff happens. When God shows up, dead things come back to life. And here's the deal. I believe that God wants to do some miracles tonight. I believe that God wants to show up in your life. So I'm gonna invite you, I'm gonna invite you to stand. We're gonna sing part of this song again. And the lyrics of this part say, they say, I know that breakthrough is coming. Now listen, I want us to sing this in this place like people that believe. Do you believe? Come on, I want you to sing like you believe. I know that breakthrough is coming. I know that I'm gonna see the miracle that I need. I know it. And I want us to sing. Come on, we can sing in this place. We can clap our hands. Jesus, we love you in this place. We lift you up in this place. God, would your spirit show up in this place? We know that our breakthrough is right around the corner. God, I pray that you would remain faithful. Uh, God, I pray that you would show up. I pray you would provide jobs for people in this room. I pray you would provide finances for people in this room. I pray you would touch some people in this room and heal their bodies in Jesus' name. I pray that you would give people the confidence they need. I pray against the spirit of anxiety and depression in Jesus' name. That has to leave. Tonight, we believe that we're going to see breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Come on. We're going to sing this out together. I want you to sing it. I want you to clap. We're going to celebrate in this place. It's going to be awesome. And uh, hey, we love you. We love you. We love you. Let's sing this out together.